This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, a guy you don't have to worry about being a villainous monster in disguise, Ryan Nelson. Justin, after looking at the dates, I have to wonder if Hopper, Joyce, and Murray had something to do with the Chernobyl explosion. <laughs> it's around it, the same time. It might be. They actually talk about that on one, uh, on, on a podcast. I don't remember what podcast it was. There was a, there was something that was uh, that was discussed about that might actually have to be the case. And they have talked about the whenever they've asked anybody yeah. uh, on the the show what's this eight and nine like. They say explosive. That's the word they always use. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. It, it might happen. Well, we never know. So uh, maybe we're finding something out about episodes eight and yeah. nine that we don't even know about. Uh, if you have been listening to the podcast since we started back in January, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you are new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about the first four episodes. I'm sorry, the last episode in volume one of season four of Stranger Things on Netflix. If you are new or regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash main attraction podcast and you can get Patreon only content. You can support us at a three, five, ten, or twenty dollar level. When you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if we have time, write us a review while you're over on Apple Podcasts. If you do write us a review there, we'll read it on air next time we record. Regardless of whether you write a review or not, just simply giving us a rating does a lot in terms of helping us get the podcast into the ears of new listeners. All right, so we ended our discussion of the first of episodes four through six on Stranger Things. We're going to pick up with episode seven. One thing that we are going to go ahead and make sure we uh, put out there that uh, if you didn't hear us talk about it in the previous podcast, the California kids, Mike, Jonathan, uh, Will, and Argyle, they are not in this episode at all. Uh, I, I did find it a little bit interesting because this is probably the most important episode of the season so far. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about not including them in this? I, I didn't miss them, but it yeah. is weird that how much Mike and Will have been so much in the story right. from the first episode on. Right. It, it is weird, but I will say I didn't miss them. Yeah, that is one thing that in this show, at least especially in this season, because they have their all of the people that are involved in this in the show, all the characters, they're in all different parts of the world they're not always together so therefore there have been times when some of these people have not been seen at all now the hawkins stuff has taken place throughout the course of the entire season uh we've seen l in every episode except for episode four she might have been in it for just a touch i don't remember if she was in it at yeah. all, but she wasn't in it long uh i don't remember when we first saw hopper i don't think he was in the first episode I don't no think. i think he showed up in the second one so like i said it's, it's i think it's just more of a of a condition of the story that they are telling yeah, so think, many storylines and so many characters yeah so i think that's the reason why there, there are times when we don't see them I, th- I think it works and i think it's okay uh I, and they talk about will a little bit in this episode and i think he's going to play a little bit of a bigger role as we get into well, episode eight and nine i think they're going to show up to where l is right yeah that's what so i'm too. assuming mm-hmm. yeah eight nine and and tr- get with her and then go back to hawkins 
Right. So, like I said, it's interesting the way that they got two more episodes to tie this together. Normally, I'd say that's kind of a, not it's a lot to tie together. But from what I understand, like the next two episodes are like an hour and 45 minutes, and like a little over two hours. Or so. Yeah, I was going to say they got like four hours. I think they're fine. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll figure that part of it out. So I'm not too terribly worried about that. So uh, I think we can both agree that we want to start with Russia uh, and everything that's yeah, going on yeah. in Russia. So mm-hmm. uh, when we last left Hopper and Joyce and oh, I don't forget his name again, uh, Murray, uh, when yeah. we last left them, David, uh, not David, uh, Hopper had basically he had come up with a defense system against Demogorgon because they know they're going to go up against Demogorgon. They know this at this point. They've, they've had their feast. They've explained everything. He steals the, he steals the lighter from the guard. He's got the bottle of vodka uh, and he reveals to Enzo that they are going to, that this thing has one weakness and that weakness is fire. So that's, he's going to try to basically keep him at bay uh, by lighting something on fire when they, they get ready to do battle with this thing. But the other two characters, Joyce and Murray, they have infiltrated the Russian base. They have disguised Yuri as, um, as, as Murray and Murray is now disguised as Yuri. They've got him. They've got Yuri gagged. Joyce is uh, there as well, but she's playing as a prisoner. Uh, and all this is taking place. They've earned the trust of the warden of the prison. He, he, nothing is up with him. So they've got a lot of stuff going on in this. Uh, when, what were your thoughts of, like I said, we didn't, when we talked about this, we talked about how we didn't like the fact that it took them so long to get Hopper back to being Hopper, but he's definitely back to being Hopper in, in episode six and now in episode seven. Was this storyline more interesting to you this time around in episode seven, or was it about the same? I think it was more interesting for sure because him fighting the the demigod was was awesome, and then the Joyce and Hopper reunion was great, uh, right. and then and then Joyce and Murray seeing Hopper, right? Uh, you know that was that was a, that was a great moment that they actually see that he's alive. You yeah, know, that 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 was touching. Yeah, so let's go and talk about that real quick. So the the 10 guys that were at the feast, they are brought out to the arena or whatever you want to call it. I don't really know exactly what you call this thing. I think uh, arena's fine, yeah. Yeah, it's because it's basically an arena for the prison guards. Uh, so they bring them out, and when they bring them out, Joyce and Murray are there as well, and this is when they see them, and this is when the moment when you're when you're, you were mentioning just a second ago. They, they see them. They are, you know, Joyce is obviously, you know, thrilled to see him. She has to, she has to hold it in. Uh, but there is a ton of, you know, just tense moments throughout the course of waiting for this because one of the guards says to Murray, uh, or I guess maybe even the warden, he says to Murray, he says, this is my favorite part, the part when they think they still have a chance. Uh, because we've all seen what the Demogorgon is. We've seen what it is. We've seen what it can do. The Hopper has seen it. He knows what it can do. This is not going to end well for most of these guys, and you know this going in. Uh, and we don't know if it's going to go well for Hopper as well, because when they first let the thing loose, he can't get his lighter to light. So he's got the because they went and picked out weapons, and he picked out he like pulls something down. I don't remember what he got, but he, he got something he could wrap a, a cloth in, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he could light it on fire, but the lighter wouldn't light. And this is freaking the guard job because they never seen anything like this. I don't know if they knew that it was uh, a weakness was fire or not, but it was obviously freaking them out. And this is when Murray uses his takes an opportunity to 
turn on and reveal himself to actually be Murray. And he pulls the gun on the, on the warden. He tells him to shoot him. And the, he won't. He says, I will not betray my country. And this is one of the things that I like. Even though the Soviet Union was awful, <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely terrible. Yeah. They were loyal to it. They were loyal to it. Very loyal. Yeah. And he's not going to shoot this Demogorgon. He's not going to kill a Demogorgon because it would be betraying his country. So Murray takes him prisoner. Uh, or, did, or did he hit him? I can't remember. Did he knock him out? I don't yeah, I think he hits him. Okay, so he knocks him out and they go to like the control room where everything is taking place. The same thing. He, he says either turn, uh, open that gate because there's a gate that they can get to. And the guy says, no, because if I open that gate, it's going to kill everybody and I'll betray my country. And Murray says, I'll give you guys you comics credit. You're a loyal, if nothing else. Uh, so love, Murray just continues to be great. Brett Gelman continues to be great yeah. in this role. Uh, and then he, what he confirms to us at this point is he can really fight. Yuri yeah. is just a one thing. He ends up taking out about three or four guards in the process uh, when they're in this, in this control room. Just fantastic stuff from Murray uh, in general. He has a black belt. He really does. He does. And that 16-year-old <laughs> obviously was something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so good for Murray. Like I said, just love Rick Gillen. Love what he's doing in yeah. this. Uh, I'll be interested to see what he continues to do in the rest of the series when we get episode eight and nine. But let's take this back to the fight uh, because they do eventually get them to open up that gate. Uh, but the fight that's going on, as soon as the Demogorgon comes out, he starts killing people immediately. I mean, he yeah. starts eating faces and heads, and I'm a little surprised they kept this at TV thir- TV 14. I know. It could have gone uh, TVMA, because this was some pretty violent stuff going on. Very violent. Very violent. Uh, we, we hadn't seen this in a while, th- to this degree. Right. We have, we have not. Uh, I mean, the, the bones twisting and breaking is one thing, but when you see the blood, fly, <laughs> like yeah. it is, I, I was a little surprised that they, 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 they pushed the limits to keep this thing at TV 14 as, as much as they could. Um, but like I said, the problem is, is obviously he, this, the Demogorgon we know is, is susceptible to fire, but he can't get the thing to light. Uh, about three or four people have already died. And when he finally does, this is when he's there at least, Keep holding their ground. Look, they're not winning this fight. The, the the flame this thing produces is not huge, but it's just enough to keep the Demogorgon at bay. Uh, and it just is just enough to buy them enough time to get through and to get this door opened uh, and for them to escape into it. And when they get there, the, it looks like they're kind of trapped again. Then another door opens, and this is when we finally get the Joyce and the Hopper reunion. And you can just see the elation on both of their faces. Uh because they haven't really just come out I and mean, they even kind of mentioned, you know, they're not girlfriend, they're not boyfriend, but they love each other. And there's no right. question denying it. And it comes out clearly in this reunion. Uh, what do you think about what did you think about this entire scene? I, I love the 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 like you said, the fight with the, the demigod, keeping him at bay, you know, with the fire and then getting Joyce and Hopper back together. Please keep them together through the yes. end of this series. Uh, yeah, I, was, I think they will. Man, fan, I think so too. It was fantastic. We we want them together. Yeah, we do. And I'll be interested to see what they do with with them because they're still in the prison when we leave them. Yeah, so, as I would mean, say, where what? How do they get out? You know, yeah, get so, them back to Hawkins though. By the it, end of this season, get them back to Hawkins. I hope they do, and I think they will. Uh, but yeah. I don't know if they're going to get there until the very end uh, of this season. So we'll just have to wait and see. I'll be interested to see how they wrap this thing up because. They've yeah. already filmed five, haven't they? Well, I was wrong on that. Oh, are you? See, okay. the plan was to film four and five, but four 
the episodes were so long they have not filmed five okay so who knows when we're gonna get this hopefully it'll be three more years (laughs) i know jeez please please not so uh, obviously covid had a lot to do with that so i don't yeah it did but nevertheless uh so uh like i said it's there's not a lot to talk about look there's a lot going on in this scene but it's kind of hard to talk a lot about it just because it's a pretty straightforward scene in terms of everything that's going on uh yeah like I said, the, the person who I think, I mean, getting Hopper back to being Hopper, it was so very needed. We, we, we see David Harbour being his uh, charismatic self. We see the, the guy that we've fallen in love with for the previous three seasons. We finally are getting him back. We don't have, you know, the sullen, grumpy. Look, I, I, I don't blame him for being sullen and grumpy being right. in, a, I mean, in, a, yeah. in a Russian prison, but it's it's not the character that everybody loves. So, you know, basically robbing us of him for, for five episodes was tough and was good to get him back for episode six and seven. Uh, and then obviously, like I said, Joyce hasn't been that interesting in this season, which I hate. No. You know, yeah. writer is, is great, but of all the characters, the main characters in this, she's the one that I'm least interested in throughout the course. Yeah, of they, they have not given her enough material. Hopefully they remedy that in the next two episodes. I hope so too, because she's being upstaged by, by uh, Murray and Brett Gellman is just yeah. fantastic. I mean, right. look, look, like I said, just absolutely wonderful the way that they have incorporated him into this season. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely loved it. So, uh, so that takes us back to, uh, takes us back to, and these two kind of work together. So the L storyline and the Hawkins storyline, they work together. We'll start with L's. We'll start with hers and where it takes us up to a point because we learn a little bit more about, we learned a little bit more about Philip in episodes four through six. And we learned a little bit more about him in episode seven. We actually learned like quite a bit more about him in episode seven. Uh, but before we get the big reveal, uh, we learned that he has found out from Papa or he somehow has found out from Papa that it's Papa that turned those cameras off when she was getting bullied in the rainbow room. Uh, it's Papa that knows, Papa knows that those four kids want to kill L, and he's wanting it to happen because he wants to awaken whatever is in L. He knows that there is more to L than what he has seen from her. He, I don't know what it is about her that he understands that he understands that she is more powerful than all these and she's more powerful than what they, what she has actually demonstrated. But she needs that to awaken in her, and for that to awaken in her, she's got to basically put her in danger. Uh, and the, the way to do it is by letting these four kids basically get her in alone in a room, bully her, and then possibly let her in, in that same room alone. Uh, possibly because I don't remember if this happened in episode six or episode seven. They put the shot caller on on number two. Is that in episode six, uh, seven? I mean, I think yeah, I think. I, I think that's in six, but I'm not 100%. Okay, let's talk about it now anyway, because we should talk about it in six if we didn't, yeah. if it was. Uh, because this is the moment where they are just so irate and they want to kill Elle, because they yeah. told they told Elle not to tell Papa, and she didn't. She never told him, but they, he could figure it out. Uh, he knew what was going on, as uh, Philip obviously tells us. Uh, he knows what's going on. Uh, so he puts that shot collar on two and just tortures him. And this is again, the parts of David Brenner that are, uh, Dr. Brenner that we're seeing that, you know, at times he seems like he cares about these kids, but at times he will put them in shot collars and torture them. Uh, just Matthew Mabine just doing absolutely wonderful stuff in this. It really that, is. Uh, but so this is what leads to the confrontation where they want to kill her. Uh, and this is Philip is, is explaining this to him. 
uh, he says, you know, this is Papa wants this to happen because this is the only way he's going to get what he wants from Elle. He knows that she's more powerful than what she has demonstrated and he wants to get that from her. And the only way he's going to do it is to put her life in jeopardy. Uh, and this is when things are getting difficult on the outside because Dr. Owens is saying, you know, we, we've got to get this faster. Uh, we've got to get this has to be done faster. And Dr. Murray says, all right, you want it done faster? This is when he pulls out the memory that is the one that is referenced at the beginning of the season, the one that of the, the massacre at Hawkins lab is, which is what this one is called. This episode is called the massacre at Hawkins lab. Uh, so he pulls out that, he pulls out that episode and we don't see it again. And we're going to revisit it here after we talk about all the stuff that's taking place in Hawkins, because they converge at the end of episode seven. I really didn't know where they were going with this, but it, yeah. it all made sense when it came together. Cause uh, when I hit pause, just to see what the, how long the episode was like, hour 40 minutes like oh wow i'm gonna be up for a while <laughs> uh, uh but it takes us back to uh hawkins and what we actually the show opens up this episode opens up with with steve obviously because it ended episode 16 it was steve uh being eaten alive by these bats and the first person to go in after him you know who it was who was it it was Nancy. It was Nancy. Nancy doesn't waste a moment. As soon as she sees him get dragged down to the bottom, she jumps in after him. Uh, after uh, Nancy goes in, Robin goes in, and Eddie at this point realizes, well, heck, I guess I have to go in. So that they <laughs> all four uh, are into the upside down at this point, and they're fighting these demon bats, and they're uh, trying their best to get them off. And these demon bats take a chunk out of Steve. Uh, yeah, they do. And- there was, you know, a lot of people were worried that he was about something bad was going to happen to him. And there's still this worry that he may have rabies. To, yeah. Yeah. Because Robin mentions that. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of stuff going on with this. Uh, and, you know, there's this moment where they're just constantly killing one of these bats, one after the other, one after the other. And it ends with Stephen, uh, Steve just ripping one of them in half, in which Eddie oh, said, yeah. very, very Ozzy of you. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. It was. It was absolutely hilarious. So, uh, you know, Eddie's been kind of thrust into this. The others have seen it so far, but Eddie is really, truly thrust into this. He's, uh, he's living in the upside down now. And somebody brought up on one of the Ringerverse podcasts that there's never any water in, in the upside yeah. down. And... I find that interesting. I don't know if that's going to, if that's going to, if that's important. I don't know if it means anything, but there is never water. The, the lake that they are in, when it spits them up into the upside down, there's no water there. There's no water in these, in the tunnels that uh, were in season two. So I don't know what the absence of water means, if it means anything. You think it's going to mean anything? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I'm, I'm not sure at all. That, but yeah, that I'm is like, weird. You never... Like what it will eat and survive right. on, you know, yeah, for, for that. Yeah. Uh, but that's good. But also that same scene with Eddie, uh, he gives Steve a shirt and says, here, take this for modesty. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great scene. Just absolutely fantastic. That was fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, because we finally get Eddie and, and Steve really interacting in this episode because we really haven't had it at this point. And this is when Eddie is kind of basically letting Steve know what's actually going on around him. And even if he's oblivious to it, he's letting him know that, you know, Nancy uh, jumping in after him was like the surest sign of love that he's ever seen toward his life. Uh, so obviously, you know, he's saying there are still feelings for her uh, the, between the two of them. Uh, he also explains to him just how much Dustin idolizes uh, uh, yeah. Steve. It tells him it's it's kind of annoying to a point, uh, just how much he idolizes him. Uh, so you know, Eddie is kind of just 
cluing him in, you know, you might want to pay a little bit more attention to your surroundings, dude, because you've got a guy who idolizes, you got a girl who obviously still has a thing for you. So he's kind of keying Steve into to what's actually happening around him. Yeah, and I really like their relationship because, you know, it's, Eddie also mentions that he always hated Steve because right. he was rich and good looking and got all the girls and right. all the stuff Steve hates that people, that he, what Steve hates that people hate about him. Right. Exactly. So, you know, they, they really bond and I, they make a good connection and I'm all for the Eddie Steve romance yes. mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Yeah, I am too. They, like I said, love what they're doing here. Uh, and they can, they concoct this plan basically where they realize the upside down has everything that, their world has it's just obviously weirder and creepier and darker uh so they go to nancy's house because nancy says she has guns and i you know <laughs> interesting that she keeps yeah who knew I, I had no idea that she had two guns but she apparently has two guns so they go to their house and when they get to their house they realize the guns aren't there and that her room is different and the reason it's different is because it is stuck on some whatever date in November of 1983. I don't remember what the actual date was, uh, but it's November of 1983. It's the day that Will was taken to the Upside Down. And this is why I think we're probably going to get more of Will. And I'm hoping that his story will take a little bit more importance in episode eight and nine, because Will has kind of been backburn backburn right. in, in yeah, yes. the last two seasons and for a show that was revolving around him and revolving around his friendship with mike this is the first instance that makes you think well okay something there's something about what happened when will came into the upside down it froze time there the time has not moved since then so what is it about will that is uh causing time to completely come to a standstill in the upside down because uh, like i said something about him we don't know what it is but some there's something about him and i'll be interested to see how they how they play that out yeah me too because like you said it it seems like everything should evolve around will and 11 yeah so to have him not involved feels very odd yeah it really really does so like i said i'm I want to see him get more involved back in the story because he's just, yeah. for a character who was so pivotal for two seasons, he just hasn't been that pivotal at all the last, the last two seasons. So no, he uh, I'll see, I'll, I want to see what they did with that character in uh, these last two episodes. I, I think he's going to play a role. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I feel think, like he is. Yeah, I do too. So, uh, but they also discover at this point that uh, they notice that there's a light in, in the house and, as all the kids are being interrogated, Dustin and Lucas and uh, what's Lucas's sister's name? Uh, Erica. Erica. Uh, while Max is being interrogated, they're trying to come up with a plan for how they can get get back, uh, get out of the situation they're in with all the police and this stuff there. But they also are wondering where where the uh, other four are because Dustin says they wouldn't be so stupid to actually go into the water gate. And, yeah, yeah. And obviously they, they didn't intentionally go down. Well, right. One of them didn't, but you know, they kind of had to at that point. Uh, so they're trying to figure stuff out and they're trying to figure out where everybody is. They're trying to figure out what their next move is. And we haven't talked enough about Dustin. I don't think Dustin is kind of become the star of the show for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, cause he's the one who always figures stuff out. And even Dustin, uh, Steve at one point makes a comment about like, uh, he needs to be wrong about something because his ego is too big or something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. He's, he says the kid has, 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 has got to get his ego in check. And, and, and Eddie goes, 
it's the tone, right? Right. <laughs> so, like I said, uh, Dustin has just really risen to stardom. Yeah. Just uh, in this, and it's so, it's so helpful too because they use Dustin to explain everything to the viewers at home. Right. They do. Right. And I'm glad. Uh, you know, one, I'm glad they use Dustin because he's so entertaining. Yes. And also, it's good for dummies like me. That I'm like, okay, now I right. see what's going on here. <laughs> okay, I get that now. Now that you explained yeah. it. Uh, but they start the four on the upside down, the four older kids, they they remember the thing about the light and they remember well they, they hear Steve. That's hears right, Steve Dustin. hears Dustin. Uh-huh. That's right. You're right. I forgot about that. So Steve hears Dustin. I mean, it's that connection that the two of them have, the two of them, the fact that they are so close to each other and uh, they are such good friends that allows them that allows Dustin uh Steve to hear Dustin. And that's when he remembers about the lights and he wants to try to communicate through the lights. And he, they go to that, that chandelier that's hanging above their kitchen. And they start tapping out SOS because that's the only thing Eddie knows in terms of yeah. uh, Morse code. And uh, Erica notices at first because the other two are the Lucas and, and Dustin are busy looking at something else. I don't remember what they were looking at. But they're looking at something else. And Erica notices the lights flickering. And that's when Dustin realizes that he's tapping out SOS. Uh, and so they, they get this, this really cool thing where they get the light bright. They yeah. pull the light bright out and they have all those lights up and they start. And Nancy starts drawing out words and stuff in on the light bright to kind of communicate to them. And like I said, just really the way that they are using the lights and the way they're using the, the, the two sets, the, the upside down version and the normal version, just really good stuff that they've got going on. Love this. This is what Stranger Things does best. Yes, having these this group of scooby kids come working on something together right and, and the fact that we have them both in different different spots still communicate loved it yeah so uh they're communicating they're 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 talking about so i don't remember what all they they, they end up discussing uh yeah, I they, can't, yeah. They, they they discuss a lot of things and they, they figure a lot of stuff out that uh but what they figure out is that they've got to get uh they got to find that gate but they can't obviously go to the water gate because that's just not going to work uh but erica it was that puts in their brain about the the attack and about how it left some type of residue there and that's when dustin realized oh that whenever there's been an attack that opens up a gate and so now there's a gate in eddie's apartment in eddie's trailer home because that's where chrissy died it's in the ceiling because that's where she ended up uh was killed was in, uh, on the ceiling of of his trailer so there is a gate there and they're going to use it to try to get the other four back to them. And sure enough, it works. And they, they all go to it. And uh, at this point they, they realize it's quite a ways away. And Robin says, don't you have a bunch of bikes here? So they're all on bikes. So the, the, the that was uh, cool. Yeah. It's very ET reminiscent here yeah. uh, with the, all of them on bikes, because you got the, the younger kids who are, who are making a break for it uh, on their bikes. You got Max, you got uh, Erica, Lucas, Dustin, they, <laughs> Erica takes out the, uh, uh, the cops tires, but oh my God, of course uh, she does. Uh, and they all, t- uh, take off for, for Eddie's, uh, trailer. You've got the four older kids who are at Eddie's trailer and sure enough, the gate is there. They bust it open and you have that great visual where Dustin throws the, the rope up, but it comes yeah. down to the ones on the upside down and he said if the physics if i got the physics right it'll just hold there and it does <laughs> i mean that I said, was really really cool i was a little concerned for steve and nancy on this scene they were a little slow coming up yes so that's when uh the first two get out eddie and robin they make it out and nancy starts to go up but when she starts to go up she starts to fall but when she falls it's not she's not we don't see her in the upside down we see her in vecna's 
hold. And this is when they start to tie everything together. Um, so obviously you're concerned for Nancy at this point, but they're also revealing at this point, Vecna is basically telling him what happened. So this takes us back to Hawkins lab. And when we started this whole, when we started this whole thing and he's getting ready to, and uh, Dr. Brenner is getting ready to show L the memory that he basically is expediting this whole thing to get her powers back. She, they have this discussion about uh, how L is just, you know, I'm a monster, aren't I? Because I, I'm the one who killed those kids, uh, didn't, didn't I? I killed them. I'm a monster. And at this point, Brenner says, you've got to stop thinking. I don't remember what the exact line is, but he says, you got to stop thinking about it in terms of being a monster or a superhero. Because that's, that's, the, that's the way that she portrays herself. She sees herself as one or the other. They can't be anything in between. And because there are so many people like that in our world who see it's either black or white. There's no room for gray. And, uh, and she's obviously one of those people, but Dr. Brenner's trying to tell her, you know, we can't just put somebody as a superhero or a villain. There's more, people are more complicated than that. And that's what he's trying to get her to understand and what he wants her to see, because there's a lot of things that are more complicated in this memory that she's about to, about to witness. Uh, so the first thing being is Philip seems to be her friend. Uh, and when they're, he's trying to help her escape, he takes her to where she can escape and he says, she says, you come with me. And this is when he reveals himself to be one. So that's the first big reveal from, yes. from him. Did you see him being uh, number one? When he I will say him? something happened in seven. I was I, before this, I was thinking he may be, one. I don't know why my wife and I both thought he might be one. Like I, uh -huh. there was something he did. I can't remember like you, it's been a week or so, right. but he did something. I thought, okay he's going to end up being one. Yeah. I wasn't really sure how they were, if they were going down that road or not. I thought it was a possibility, but I wasn't really certain if that was what the case was going to be, but he reveals himself to be number one and he has some type of a tracker or something. And I'm, I'm curious that I don't know if they really remind me if they did. I think that was also like dampening his powers too. that little thing. Oh, it has had to be. Yes. Because yes. I like, cause I don't, he never used powers up until yeah. this. I mean, when they were beating yeah. him and stuff for helping L they don't show him using any powers. Right. So, uh, yeah. Because why, why else would Brenner allow him around children? Right. You wouldn't allow this cruel kid around kids when, right. when you know how powerful he is. Yeah. It's right. got, that had to be like, you know, reducing all his powers. Right. So like I said, it's the only thing that makes sense. So, yeah. So her befriending him is that you have know, part of this grand plan that she wants him, he wants her to get that thing out because as soon as L pulls it out, he's got his powers and he's using them to full effect. I mean, he's taking out guards, uh, he's doing all this stuff. Uh, so, so you know they're they're making their their escape for it, and this is when they get confronted by the four kids, uh, the four kids who are bullying her, and they are getting ready to kill her. But obviously, this is when we truly see who number one is this is when we truly find out what he is and this is when Vecna starts explaining it to Nancy because he's showing her this at the same time they go back to Creel's house and we start to realize that uh he's because he's because Vecna's explaining it to Nancy and one is explaining it to L all kind of at the same time and it's hard to explain in a podcast but it works yeah. really well when you see it, it. worked really well on screen because like I said, the two of them were explaining it and Elle is starting to realize this person that she has befriended and this person who is helping her 
is actually not her friend at all. Uh, and while Brenner is bad, this, like I said, this is kind of what he wanted her to see. Yeah, Brenner's bad, but he's there are parts to him that are good. Uh, and he's he's trying to help her in some ways. Uh, when he was when she was in Hawkins's lab uh, back all those years ago in 1979. Uh, so there, you got those people. Be, it's being explained to L through number one, and you got Vegna explaining it to to Nancy. And this is when we go back and number one starts explaining, you know, he hates humanity. Uh, we really don't know exactly why he hates humanity, except for the fact that he seems to be bullied or picked on. And so, you know, it's that constant recurring theme of people who don't understand something. People mistreat things they don't understand or people that they don't understand. And that's very much the case for, for Vecna, or in this case, number one, uh, because he is Victor Creel's son. We are, this is revealed. Uh, and you start to look, think back to those scenes of that they show because they show him again of him throwing his mother up in there. You see the scenes of him uh, yeah. also uh, capturing the spiders because he loves spiders. Uh, you know, anybody who loves spiders, you know, that's always a red flag. And I did not see this stuff coming. I did yeah, not I didn't see either. that coming. I did not either. I did not see him coming. You know, number one, I could kind of see that coming, but I did not see him being Victor Creel's son. I had no idea. Uh, that was completely. Alan that was me. awesome that yeah, they nailed the landing on this Bravo. they really did and like i said it's hard for me to remember keep remembering that there's going to be two more episodes for the season because this felt like a, a season finale it did uh so he's explaining you know that he hates humanity and he hates uh people uh and the only reason why he didn't kill his father because he was still new this whole power thing was still new to him he didn't understand it he didn't realize that exactly how it worked uh so while he was trying to kill his father, uh, he ends up passing out in the process. And that's the reason why he doesn't finish the job on his dad. And that's why he can't kill his father. So he, he doesn't kill his dad, uh, but he ends up getting taken by none other than Dr. Brenner. So once he, this was the person he was trying to escape for some reason, we don't really know exactly what it was that he knew how Dr. Brenner knew he was there. I'm kind of hoping they'll go into that in maybe episode 89. Yeah. Uh, but they reveal that Dr. Brenner was the one that he wanted to have avoid at all costs. Uh, so Dr. Brenner's trying to control him. He's trying to control him. He's being unsuccessful. This is where it's interesting because at this point, I don't remember if it was Vecna. I guess it was actually, I guess it was number one telling this to L. He says, when they realized they couldn't control me, they tried to copy me or something along those lines. Yeah. We know the memory that L used to really unlock her powers was the memory of her mother being being taken away from her mother because it made her both sad and angry at the same time we've seen her mother before we've seen her in, in previous seasons we've never seen her father the way he talks about like being a copy did they take dna from from one and like implant it into the mothers and like or or something like uh implant like impregnate eggs and like do certain pregnancies or whatever. Probably, I'm wondering, is, is she actually, I mean, it has to be. Is he uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Is he the genetic father of all these kids? That's what I, I'm kind I, of wondering. I think he's, it's going to be that. It's got to be. Yeah, I kind of think so too, which is going to be weird if it is. Uh, but it, it's kind of gross. It's kind of gross, but it, you know, it's, it makes sense. It makes sense if it does. And like I said, they may not go down that road, but because what it makes me wonder is if that is her you know biological father you know there's going to be this appeal to try to get her to join him because he she yeah. has the same powers and all this type of stuff um like i said I, i'm really interested to see 
where they go with that. Because like I said, I didn't see the Victor Creel stuff, him being the son yeah. of Victor Creel. Didn't see that coming at all. Uh, it makes me wonder, but you know, th- th- it starts this final battle between the two because ends up what ends up happening is we get the true reality around these events. It wasn't 11 that killed all these people at the beginning of season four. It was number one, who is now, yeah. who we find out later on is Vecna, but it was number one. And the reason that she has the blood in her eyes is because of the battle, the, the psychic battle between the two of them. And we find out this is the first time that a gate to the upside down has been opened because when they are doing battle with each other, she so overpowers him that it sends him to the upside down. Uh, and this is when we see when he's falling through it. And the upside down looks like it was kind of, it wasn't formed at this point. Did you, yeah. do you remember that? I thought the same thing. I thought uh, 11 started. Yeah. So I'm not sure if when she sends him to it, I kind of thought that, Maybe it's Vecna once he's once he's there, he starts to create it himself uh, because yeah. he's been put into it. So, uh, but this is the first gate that has been opened. We kind of thought that all along that the first gate that was ever opened was when Will went into it uh, during that scene that we got in season one where Elle opened up that portal. But no, that's not the case. This is this is the first one. So, uh, there's obviously a lot more backstory that has to be explored. Uh, there's a lot more backstory that they're going to explore either in episode eight and nine or in the final season season five so there's a lot more that we don't even know but one of the things i like about this the previous bads of the of stranger things have been these you know just monsters faceless monsters that yeah. don't really have any emotional impact now this is an actual person that has been transformed into this monster i think it gives a lot more emotional weight I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And you kind of, especially since we've, we've met him, we know his story. Right. Uh, so yeah, it definitely, you'll be hearing, you know, uh, Jamie Campbell Brower, you know, right. speaking. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah, it, it, it will. And like I said, just the fact they've in Beckner, I mean, he's been, you know, voicing things throughout the course of this entire season. So we've gotten actual, you know, an actual humanoid type villain in this and i think it has helped the story out a whole lot look i don't yeah. know you know what i want to know is you know because they talk a lot about the mind flayer in this which it was the villain in season two was that large huge monster that kind of mm-hmm. uh went poltergeist on on will uh you know is he still the overall big bad and the vecna is you know an underling of his or is vecna the big bad and the mind flayer is an underling like I said, these are things I, I want to know, and I'll be interested to see how they answer it in episode eight and nine. And we only have to wait like a couple of more weeks. I know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the one thing that was I kind of kept forgetting about throughout the course is when they were explaining this, because it, all the, the reason why Nancy is getting this, is finding all this stuff out, is because Vecna has got her in his clutches, and they don't resolve that before this episode is no. over. And it's no. kind of hard to forget that her life is on the line at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, what are the chances they kill Nancy off? She would be a big loss, too. She would be a big loss. I I think it would be more likely that they kill her than they kill anybody else, but I don't. I think so. Yeah. I don't think they're going Ed, to. Eddie's going to do something with his, because if you watch the scenes, the trailer from coming up, you see Eddie with a guitar playing it. Right. So he... Now, Robin and her were talking about music mm-hmm. in episode three or four. Right. So Robin was going through her CD case, or excuse me, <laughs> CDs, <and laughs> they, were they were going through the cassettes. 
and and so uh eddie is going to play something to try to wake her up so I, I, that's gonna be my guess so does it work right. but boy wouldn't that be just uh really bad for uh just uh, just a huge loss for yeah everyone okay. Yeah, like I said, I mean, they put their they put their main characters in a little bit more peril than they have in previous yeah, episodes, except yeah. for Will. Will's obviously been in peril quite a bit in the first yeah, episode, yeah. the first two seasons. You can't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, I'll be interested how how they do that. But um, but there's still so much more that has to be discovered. A lot I mean, more. They've got the town people who are all worked up into a frenzy. You've got the basketball yeah. players who are kind of leading the the witch hunt against uh, the the hellfire club you got them kind of doing their thing uh you know and then the little mid-credit scene or whatever you want to call it you know they do show a few things uh there's this scene of hopper looking in this like this cage of this weird i didn't like, see that i missed this oh did you oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of like uh there's like a 30 second trailer of like what's coming in in episode eight and nine uh but so there's a few things that they they show in there the thing that jumped out to me there's a scene of hopper looking at what looks like a cage of not necessarily a cage but a holding cell of this thing that is like a it looks like mist that's like just kind of i don't know flailing about uh what's showing you know like okay so what is that <laughs> it's not a demogorgon so what else do the russians have uh beneath the in the inside that prison um so, like I said, there's that whole storyline. How are they going to get the California kids when they get to Nevada? Are they going to? Uh, is there going to be some type of battle? Is Brenner? Is he really good? Is he really bad? Because I think that line yeah. about uh, if people aren't, uh, you can't think of people as binary as super villain or heroes. Brenner falls somewhere in between. Uh, just he definitely does. How far in between we don't know because he's always been portrayed as a villain up until this season. And he still has villain vibes, but he's also got, you know, he's a means to an end as well, at the, at the very least. Yeah, least. definitely. Uh, there's a lot of things. Any predictions you want to make for episode eight and nine? Um, I think I think definitely, like we mentioned, Eddie somehow is going to be involved in making the music to sell to try to attempt to save Nancy. Right. I, think so. uh, I think somehow the parents are going to end up doing something. Yeah, they, they haven't done much in, in this show. They haven't done, and they but they were kind of like getting together, right? Even when the kids. So I I, I think somehow they're going to be involved. Um, let's think. Any of yeah, the I don't, cast out of this in the episode eight or nine? Nancy's the only one that I think is concerning. Yeah, I think so too. I think I think that she's the only one that I'm really that concerned about. But because I that, think because I mean I, I you know I know some people who were talking about man, this is so dark. And I think the first three episodes really were, but like to me and Nancy Dunn would be this, this is the, this is, and this is a like other sagas. This isn't, this is the empire stripes back uh, Avengers Endgame right. season. Somebody, yeah. something bad is going to happen to set up five where the good guys get together. Yeah. I, I can see that happen too. Alex, I don't know what it's going to be, but something's going to happen. You know, <laughs> My, I wonder if if Elle's status, if there's going to be something that ends with her in the Upside Down, yeah. Vecna, uh, and whether or not it's going to, she's going to be tempted to join him. Uh, if like I said, if they go down that road where they make her the biological daughter of him, uh, that yeah. kind of something that I'm, I'm interested to see how they do that. Uh, 
like I said, I just, I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things that need to yeah. be fleshed out. And, and it's like I said, they've got like nearly four hours to do yeah. these last two episodes. So, well, I was going to say kudos to them. This for an hour and 40 moved quickly. It, it really did. It, it moved very, very fast. Did not uh, feel very long at all. Yeah. And it was absolutely exhilarating, thrilling. Like I said, I don't think this is the best episode, but it's got a ton of stuff that gets, mm-hmm. that puts a lot of pieces into play and we finally look the one thing that has always been somewhat interesting about this show is they don't really they haven't really addressed like bigger issues in terms of like the upside down and just where it comes from they are starting to do that in this this season they haven't done that in in seasons one through three now they seem to really actually be getting into the origins of it where it comes from and i think they're going to get more of that in uh episodes eight and nine which will lead into whatever season five is going to be so uh let's talk real quick uh look the netflix model it has come under fire a lot uh obviously netflix has has revealed in the in their previous quarter was bad they got they got a lot of financial issues going on over at netflix does netflix just need to give in and understand that their binge model is not working like they it originally did and just start doing stuff either two episodes at a time, three episodes at a time. What do you think? Yeah, I think they should copy what Amazon and HBO Max does. We're doing two at a time. I, th- yeah. I think that would be good. The reason they did this, they did it for two reasons. It's obvious. One, the Emmy thing. Yeah. Where if you start in May, uh, you know, you can be up for an Emmy. Uh, and then they're trying to get this because they don't know when season five's going to come out. Right. So the last two episodes could be up for the next Emmys. But then the other thing is this is two different quarters. Right. And they're trying to cut people off of Netflix mm-hmm. that are sharing passwords. And they're making sure people don't quit because a lot of people have said, I'm quitting Netflix after, after Stranger Things. Right. So they're keeping people's money for at least two quarters. So I think that's why they did this. Uh but uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I don't mind the week to week, and especially, can you imagine if you had a real week to simmer over episode four? Mm-hmm. It would have, it would have been, uh, I mean, it was pretty viral anyway, right. you know, just the talk about it. But had you had a week where that was nothing but anyone talks about, right. like it would have been even bigger. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, one thing that Netflix, one of the shows, the first shows that I saw them do, anything where they didn't release everything all at once was the show Arcane, which is based on the League of Legends game. They did three episodes at a time for three straight weeks. And I thought it worked really well because it was basically that would be good. It was act one, act two, act three. Worked great for that show. It, I think it would have worked really well here. Have episodes one yeah. to three released Memorial Day weekend. The following weekend, give us episodes four through six. The next weekend is give us seven through nine. Now, I, I did see somewhere where Stephen King was tweeting about how he loved this show, but he thought it was dumb to hold eight and nine. And the writers room for, for, for Stranger Things responded saying that they don't have eight and nine ready and they're still finishing it up. So, uh, yeah, I was shocked by that. I saw yeah, I that too. Because so that's one like, of the reasons they haven't filmed Fox. Yeah, so I'm like, uh, you haven't finished it. You might want to. You might yeah. want to get on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, but like I said, so uh, I do wonder, you know, if Netflix is ever going to cave. They they don't want to cave. They they yeah. have prided themselves on the binge model, and look, it worked for years for them. I mean, it was it was what drove a lot of other companies to do 
binge stuff. I mean, Amazon Forever released stuff, binge with stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah they did. Hulu yeah, they change it up. Then, but no, really, always once a week. Oh, was Hulu once a week? Okay. Uh, but what really changed things, I think, was when Disney Plus came out and they did Mandalorian one episode at a time. Uh, yeah. That seemed like be the game changer because the Mandalorian yeah. that was in the conversation for the next six weeks. And yeah, because the boys immediately changed their schedule after mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so they they released the first three episodes of season two of the boys, then they did the weekly model, and and there were people who didn't like it at first, but yeah. they've been, I think most people are, are glad that they switched to uh, the way they do it now. So, like I said, I'll be interested if if Netflix keeps this up or if they uh, eventually cave in. I think they I think they eventually if they want to stay relevant, I think they're going to have to cave at some point. So, yeah. All right. Uh, we don't. We've already done. We've done recommendations. We've done. Well, we we uh, haven't done our awards. Oh, that's right. We haven't done our awards. You're right. So uh, we're still doing weekly because we still have two more se- two more episodes of this. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do episode eight by itself and episode nine by itself, or we'll do eight and nine together. I have no idea because it hasn't come out yet. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll uh, talk about that at some point once once we actually get it. Uh, but so, what is your who's your MVP for episode seven of Stranger Things season four? So I'm going to do, because we may never mention him again in anything, Jamie Campbell Brower mm-hmm. as Vecna. I thought he was fantastic in this Yeah, episode. he was. He was really good. He was, he was all over the place and, and took us for a ride, and I did not see the stuff he was bringing coming. Yeah, I think he is, he is the MVP because, I mean, he's, we're doing – because he's doing two different roles. He's doing the role of number one and he's doing the role of Vecna. Uh, they are two very, very different looking people uh, and they are two very different appearing and they have very different personalities by the time, by the time he turns into Vecna, he's a very different personality than he is when he's number one. Uh, so I think you're right. I think he's the, I think he is the runaway MVP of this episode in particular. Yeah. Uh, next is the Agatha all along the best scene of the week. Who is your, what is your Agatha all along for this week? We talked about it in great deal, but it's the final scene where you yeah. have Vecna explaining to Nancy how he's Victor Krill's son, right. and then we find out that reveal at the same time with eleven and one. So, yeah, uh, it was it worked extremely well. Yeah, I hundred percent agree that it's uh, look. Uh, you might could have given some of the stuff that. Uh, when they were explaining the upside down to Eddie and all that type of stuff, that was good as well. Uh, the opening scene where they were fighting the demon, uh, demon bats was good, but that scene, it's its almost like two or three scenes all at once. Yeah. But the scene where, where Nancy's getting the explanation from Vecna and Elle is getting the explanation from number one as she's reliving these memories uh, in Nina, that is just, it, it's probably the most important scene that we've had in this entire series so far because we're getting big answers to the upside down we're getting big answers to to l and her origin and stuff like that so really good stuff uh, there from all parties involved all right best line of the week so what is your best line of the week the if you come at the king you best not miss i had two we mentioned one was steve and eddie the kid has got to get his ego in check yes. <laughs> it's his tone right all right and the second one <laughs> was about fan favorite Erica when Dustin was going on about the law. Right. And she said, the law, what is this dumb smoke? <laughs> the stupid and the ugly. Yeah, she's great. She is, she she is, is wonderful fantastic. every time she's on screen. So uh, I went with the line about uh, superheroes and villains about that uh, Dr. Brenner was giving 
to L because that is something I think that's going to be very, very important as L's character continues to develop. I think she has always put herself in that in that binary construct of I'm a superhero or when she's confronted with her past, you know, I'm a villain, I'm a monster. Uh, And I think it's going to, you know, she has to understand that there's more to her than just her superpowers. And uh, like I said, I'll be interested to see how that all plays out. But I think it's a really important line because I think it's going to play an important part for her. And I think it's going to play an important part for Dr. Brenner as well. And I don't know where that's going to go for either of them, but I can't wait to find out. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we head off? Oh, we got to do our rating. Oh, yeah. I'll just get the rating. All right. So we're still not at the end of the season. So we, but this is a temporary rating. Uh, what is your, oh, well, let me explain again. All right. So top of the list, Game of Thrones. Uh, if you're new to our show, uh, if we like something more than, if we think it's a, the best of the best, that is one of the best things we've ever seen, we give it a Game of Thrones. If it's beneath it, we give it a Lost. Uh, if it's the middle of the road for us, we give it a Friends. Uh, beneath Friends is Full House. And at the bottom of the barrel is a uh, Baywatch. We both bump this up to Game of Thrones. I'm guessing you're going to keep it there? I'm keeping it there, man. I'm so excited to see where they're going. This is, this is what they do best, these last few episodes yeah I, i'm 100 with you it's it was a game of thrones after four through six it's still a game of thrones after seven it's just fantastic it is thank you duffer brothers don't yes. make us wait right don't make us wait for season five or three years when all the kids yeah. are 30 years old and yeah. the other kids are 40 so yeah. uh please don't do that <laughs> but like i would be interested to see if they play with time a little bit at the end of supposedly there's going to be a time jump at between four and five it it makes sense because let's actually put these kids looking in the age range where they actually are yes 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 so uh, so i'll um i'll be interested how they wrap all this up in episode eight and nine so all right anything else you want to add i want to quickly mention uh we love this guy we've mentioned him several times in the pod john cena i don't know if there was a story about him where there was a child with down syndrome in ukraine that Mm -hmm. uh he his mom had a hard time getting him to to evacuate and she said we've got to go because we're going to go meet john cena and he was excited so they evacuated to amsterdam wall street journal did a uh, story about this john cena found out and he went to amsterdam to meet the kid because john cena is really the peacemaker come to find out he has done over 700 wishes for the make wish foundation uh he there's like they said no one has even touched this he will do whatever this this group they said he is just just the most nicest guy and, and loves helping these kids so cool shout out to john cena we, we love john cena here and oh, always yeah. a good to give to make a wish i actually uh, made a donation after this uh reading that story because it just really touched me so always a good place to give your money to yes always always good I will, one thing i want to get your opinion on real quick i don't know if you saw this apparently they're they have a screenplay and they might be going down the roads of making a sequel to the joker uh have you heard about this i did see that uh you know i'm interested i i thought they ended the movie well and they kind of set it up so i really enjoyed the joker why not 
Yeah, I look, I liked the first one. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix was his Oscar was well deserved. I do yeah. wonder if they're milking this a little too much. Maybe. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. So I did want to just kind of bring that up. I meant to bring it up when things we were looking forward to in our last episode. Yeah. So might as well bring it up here now because I forgot about it in our last one. So uh, I'll be interesting how if they go forward with that, if what that ends up looking like, if they try to bring Batman more into it or what. So yeah. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add before we head off in the sunset? Thanks for everyone joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. I will echo those same. Oh, let me talk about what we're reviewing next week. So, obviously, oh, yeah, yeah. Stranger Things Season 4 has come to an end for now. Uh, we'll revisit it. And actually, we did our recording schedule. I forgot to put Episode 8 and 9 there, so we're going to kind of look at that again uh, when it comes out. Uh, so, Episode 8 and 9, we'll revisit it when uh, it releases here in a couple of weeks. Uh, but for next week, we are going to uh, go on with Obi-Wan. Uh, we'll review episode five or part five, as they call it, of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And we are going to start diving into For All Mankind. It is on Apple TV Plus. If I have not seen any reviews, I have not seen the first one. Uh, the, re- the reviews are really good. Are they? Okay. Uh, I need to watch it. I haven't watched the first I one. I have but- not either. Yeah. But we'll watch the we'll watch the first two episodes because the second episode when it comes out next week will have been out by then. So we'll review the first two episodes of season three for all mankind. Ryan and I both love that show. It's been really well reviewed, really well received. The first two seasons were, and Ryan's saying that this third season is off to a great start too. So I'm going to hope and pray that they are correct. Yes. Uh, so that's what we'll be reviewing next week. Uh, we will come back to Stranger Things when it re- when it releases in July, but we obviously got to wait till they give it to us. So, yeah. uh, all right. Uh, like I said, I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.